Happy anniversary, guys. Humor in Mistakes is officially a year old as of March 24th. Guys, I did not think I was going to be having an anniversary. Like, I'm so bad with dates, I'm surprised I remembered. Like, I'm so bad with dates, I text someone last week and was like, Hey man, what are we doing for Black History Month? Like, I'm just, I'm terrible with dates. And then like, to commit to something for a year long, like I haven't committed to anything like that long. Like the only thing I've ever committed to that long was Netflix and Amazon Prime. And like, I cancel my Netflix every six months just because I, I, I don't feel good about it. I just get nervous. Like, it's just been too long. I can't, I can't do anything that long. But like, we're here and I'm happy about it. I'm glad we made it. There were several times when I just was like, I don't feel like doing this anymore. But overall, I've enjoyed it. And little mistakers, I hope you continue with me listening. I hope if there's something you want to do, do it and just like fuck it if, if anybody doesn't like the fact that you do it your cousin your brother your wife um your husband sneak and do it anyway that's what basements are for you can just do things behind people's backs in basements that's what they were built for um this is a good episode guys this is with my friend jody oakley and it's it's good it's actually it actually fits well that this is the year episode the the one year episode and jody oakley's because jody was one of the first people i had on the podcast but you don't see her episode because i didn't release like the first 20 i did because i was such a perfectionist that i was like i don't like these and jody's was one of the ones that i didn't like and it was on no part of her i just didn't like my voice but now she's here again. We got a good episode for you. Take a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for humor in mistakes with me, Mick Neal, here on 103.5 FM. Each week we have a guest on our show to discuss mishaps, missteps, and mistakes that they made throughout life. We hope to find wisdom and a few laughs along the way. This week, I'm here with the wonderful, the lovely, the amazing Jody Oakley. I I think she has all those adjectives, but I don't have my sheet with me today, so I've talked over my music, and now my music's over. Hello, Jody. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Uh, we've both admitted that today is a winging it day. I'm winging it. I'm winging it as well. I left my book bag. I don't have any of my podcast materials. Let's lean into it. Let's just Let's make just it have happen. a good time. We're going to have a good time. Um, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thanks for saying all those nice things about me. Thank you. It had nothing to do with the fact that I forgot everything I was supposed to say. No worries. Uh, is that what normally happens for you? Like people give you compliments when they run out of things to say? People always give me compliments no matter what. So I don't know. Okay. I okay. assume they're genuine. I don't read into it. I was very genuine about your outfit matching your fingernails. Yes. Well, yeah, that's a fact. It I, does match. And I compliment you on that. Thank you. So let's let's talk about your day. Let's start out with your day. How is it going? You have a big thing happening tonight. I do, yeah. You are going to be doing 30 minutes at New Headliner Night at the Pit. That's exactly right, yeah. So I've got 30 minutes of material 
that I'm just constantly running through in my head today. Even as we speak. Trying to while I'm trying to turn it off now so I can pay attention to you. You you don't have to. Like you can just like t- <laughs> like you can just look like okay, I'm back, I'm back, and then just answer a question and then go back into your material. I'm trying to hold the the order in my head, but I'm gonna focus on you for now. Okay. Are you excited about thirty minutes? I'm getting excited about it. Uh, I've been nervous about it and kind of not sure it was gonna really happen. So the closer it gets, the more excited I'm getting about it, for sure. Did you just jump on this opportunity, or did you think about it a long time? Because 30 minutes is a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, Erin asked me to do it with her. Erin Cardwell, she's doing it with me tonight. Shout out to Erin Cardwell. She asked me to do it, like, three or four months ago. And I was like, yeah, I got three. I can figure it out in three months. Uh, but then, of course, life, I agreed to it. And then life, I didn't do as much on it as I probably would have wanted to. Are you a procrastinator? Well, I just had a busy year. Okay. I had a lot of work and family stuff coming the way, so I didn't make it to as many mics as I wanted. Uh, but I've been grinding the past couple of weeks. I've been working real hard. I'm proud of it. You should. <laughs> it's going to be a good night. It's going to be a wonderful night. Carboro, you should go. Definitely come out, Carboro. Yes, you should. Um, so let's talk about your history. Like, who is Jody Oakley? Like, if you were... Because you're a marketer, so how would you market yourself in the elevator? I am a marketer. If I was a CEO of a very important company that you wanted to work at. Let's say, oh, that uh, I wanted to work at. Let's say uh, um, Chuck E. Cheese Incorporated. Sure. Well, so what I kind of what I do for work uh, is I my background is psychology and business. So I try oh. to apply psychology, sociology, like that. all kind of behavior research to business problems, like to people's problems. Yeah, people I sit up straight. Like, people are scared of psychologists because uh, they think that they are understanding you. They're understanding your facade that you're putting on. But we're all putting on a facade all the time. Everything we do is influencing us in ways that we can't pick up on. So there's no need to be scared of psychologists. It's all generalizations anyway. None of it can apply to like you as a person, really. Okay. Does that make sense? It does, but I don't know how to react to that without you evaluating <laughs> me. But I'm not. I'm not paying any attention to you. I'm you, not going to evaluate you. All right, I'm you're worried about it. your 30 minutes. So. Yeah, you got it. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, so you're a marketer, and yeah. So I apply psychology to business problems, marketing problems, um, that kind of thing. What do people want to hear? When do they want to hear it? What makes people feel good? What makes people happy? Uh, how can we make choices easier for people so that they're less frustrated in their lives? Uh, those kinds of problems. Were you always that way? Like, as a kid, did you see, like, crayons out of order? And, like, <laughs> how can I make this more efficient? Like, uh, Definitely as a kid, I, I'm, i like, a puzzle person. So I always played puzzles or did individual activities of, like, creating patterns and understanding them. Uh, a lot of mystery suspense books. Like, how can I figure out what's going on in this situation scooby-doo yeah lo- big scooby-doo <laughs> <laughs> classic yeah so so would you figure out who was under the mask before they pulled it yeah i think so okay. i think yeah i try I'll, to be one step ahead I always got tricked like i'd be like oh. every time most of the time you I'm never like, figured it out i'm like oh it's the teacher and then it'd be like it nah, it was the principal and i would be shocked every time they pulled the mask that's off. funny because the thing about tv shows is they make the clues so obvious for you because they're leading you to it it's not like in real life like it's much harder in real life because the clues aren't like written into the plot line for you 
Well, I, I just like to be shocked. Like maybe it was like my kid brain not yeah. wanting to know it was. I think that's a great way to be. It's better to be shocked. It's a good feeling to be surprised and caught off guard by something. That rarely happens to me. I wish it happened more often. Like I pretend to be shocked every time they're like, oh, uh, I, well, I like, I like to be like, I don't think they're going to say the meddling kids line. And then, um, then he says, and I'm like, ah, oh, they said it again. Yeah. <laughs> That's next level. You know, they're going to say it every time. That's how catchphrases work. I know, but it's like the kid wondering. Yeah. You can't let that part of you go. No, you should. I agree. You should hold on to wonder if you can. I'd try. Uh, you seem to be distracted by what everybody gets distracted <laughs> by. We're in an open enclosure, and you can just see people walk you, by. Yeah, I'm a people watcher for Me sure. Too. I love watching people trying to figure out what they're doing. That woman stopped here is why. If she had just kept walking, <laughs> I wouldn't have noticed her, but she stopped right in front of us. You know when the best time to watch people is, and I can no longer do it without seeming creepy? Oh, yeah? Um, Saturday, Sunday mornings. Uh, in dining halls at colleges. Oh, sure. It is straight uh, walk of shame. Oh, it's serious. I used, I used to love it. I used to. When I was in college and I lived right next to the dining hall, I would take my own dishes to the dining hall and put food on my own dishes and then just carry it back and eat it in my room instead of eating it in the dining hall. You know what the trick is? Because I used to have to go at the dining hall is when they do hamburger day, mm. you don't get buns. Buns mm. are cheap. Mm-hmm. You get a whole bunch of patties and you <laughs> fill up you fill up all the trays with hamburger patties. That's genius. And then you buy hot dog buns or hamburger buns and then you feed the whole door. Yeah, that's and, very smart. Hey, Clever. You gotta be cheap out here. Okay, so you as a kid you were like tapping into your marketing efficient skills puzzle skills yeah i definitely didn't know what marketing was uh i growing up i definitely just thought like there were four things you could be like a teacher or a cop a nurse or like a you could work at the grocery store <laughs> like i never really thought about like Where all the like from? types of career well i don't know that it's not a thing other kids my age around me knew i think i just wasn't paying attention i was just living like day to day like i i got all the way through high school uh, thinking everyone was going to go to college. It wasn't until my senior year when people were like, no, we're not doing that. And I was like, well, what do you mean? Like, it, to me, it sounded like someone being like, going from middle school and being like, no, I'm not going to go to high school. I just thought it was like the next step. I had no clue. I just wasn't paying attention. I don't know. You reminded me, I don't want to take the podcast here, but you reminded me of the saddest we're thing. We're winging it. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. oh the well, saddest n- thing. Well, no, no, no. Well, I- Bring it back. We'll bring it back. Uh, I was in middle school, and there was this kid who uh, I went the I went was in middle school with. Uh, that's assumed, but he said to me, "I was like, hey, like I'm going to college because like my grandparents had always told me like that's you got to go to college." And he was like, "In middle school, I'm never going to college." Mm. And it was just like as I didn't think about it now then, but it was just like this smart you know African American kid who like said like because his parents told him it was a waste of time like I'm never going, mm. and it was just like. Just sad to think about. That is sad. I think college is misunderstood. I'm glad I went to college uh, because, not because I got a degree that, like, specifically led me into some kind of career path. But I grew up in a small town. I didn't know people that weren't like me. 
Uh, and I took everything for what it was. Like, I thought everyone was going to go to college. I thought everyone was going to have one of these four jobs. And I got to college, and I got to meet all kinds of people. I mean, it was really about just exposure to a broader community that I think is important for kids. I, yeah, everyone need everyone needs to be in an environment outside themselves. Yeah. Because, like, I went to college to grow up. Like, yeah. education-wise, no. No. But, like... I used to think I was God's gift to the world. Oh, really? I really did. I can see that about you. You're like the 20th person. Like, I will tell people that. Yeah. And they'll be like, I can see that you used to be that guy, which yeah. I used to be offended about. about. But I told James Taylor, I don't know if you yeah, know who that I is. Yeah, um, I, I was like, yeah, man, I used to take selfies in the mirror and like with my shirt off and like post it. And he's like, you look like that type of guy. You do look <laughs> like that type of guy. I don't it's a neutral statement. You don't need to like take it one way or the other. It's just I used to it take fits. it. Ba- it I fits. used to take it bad, but I'm like, well, I'm not that guy anymore. But like, yeah, it's good that you can see that it was I part used- of your life. It yeah. was, and you can see it. Like I used yeah. to flex in the middle for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> what What did you used to do that like you that I don't do anymore? That like you've grown up from? Uh, man, nothing comes to mind immediately, but definitely. Definitely, I'm a different person than when I was a kid. I would think, and I could be wrong. Yeah, go that for used it. to have like, <laughs> <laughs> like you went through like a goth emo phase. Like, and maybe I'm wrong, but like I can see. I definitely went through phases. I never went through like an extended phase. Like, I never spent years being goth or anything. I definitely did a little punk phase okay. wearing black. I had like, like bright red hair for a minute. In high school, I don't think it suited me, and I think everyone around me was like, "She's gonna get over this." <laughs> uh, yeah, they, <laughs> yeah. My phase that didn't suit me was sagging pants and uh, t-shirts that were right. three sizes too big. Yeah, people were like, eh, "That's not you." <laughs> yeah, because you're kind of a nerd, right? You're exactly. trying to look hard, you couldn't pull it off. I could not try to act like yeah. a gangster. Like, yeah, it, people were like, "This is this this is going to be a phase real quick." Like, yeah. How long did that last? Oh, uh, I think it lasted senior year for about eight months. And yeah. then it was just like, eh, this is not you. That's about how long a phase can last, right? Like, once you start getting to a year, you're like, is this who I am? I don't know. I don't like I can't take off running. Like, <laughs> can't run. <laughs> yeah. um, I just want to buy a shirt my size. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so you became the marketer. Mm-hmm. I don't know where we're at. We like we went off on a bunch yeah, of tangents. Yeah, we did. Totally cool. We're winging it. We're we were winging it today. Sometimes in life, little mistakers. They're the little mistakers. That's what my people are. Cool. That's adorable. <laughs> adorable. Little mistakers. Sometimes you have to wing it. Yeah, and it's it's part of life. It is. It is. Um, and you all. When did you get into comedy? Mm. I've been doing comedy three and a half years now. Uh, when I, I went and got my MBA at NC State, and one of the professors there, we were in a class called um, Persuasion for Influence or something really mind-fucky like that. Oh, sorry. No Um, worries. And the teacher, someone asked, like, how do you be really good at speaking and blah, 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 and she's like, you should just take improv classes. You should take improv classes, and then you'll be good on your feet. You can, you know, no matter what's going on, if you're trying to be in charge of a room, you can go with the flow. So take an improv class, learn how to do go with the flow type stuff, and then you can be like a boss. And you I were an improviser. And I was like, yeah, I started an improv, not stand up. I did not know that. Yeah, so I took the first three levels. I took all, yeah, I went all the way until you're supposed to audition to be on a team. And I'm 
not a team player. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, someone suggested I try the stand-up class. So I took the stand-up class, and I was like, oh, this is so much better. I wish I'd started with this in the first place. Because I'm not a team player. I don't like relying on other people. I like being independent. Um, and I like thinking things through. That's much more in line with my personality. Improv has its place, and I'm glad I took those classes. It's made me better at stand-up. It's made me better at leadership and being able to manage groups and projects. Um, but as far as, like, doing comedy for fun, stand-up's where it's at. Yeah, for me, I don't do well in improv scenes where I can't think out what my premise is. Oh, sure. Yeah, I like to sit on the sidelines and think <laughs> of my premise for a little bit. That's, like, against the rules. <laughs> <laughs> but not- I tend I tend to do very good scenes when I can think about it and then go from there. Yeah, I think... I would be interested in like a medium level of improv where some of the things are already set in place. Like you're given like a character already and you can think about what that character does and then you can improvise. That's why I love me and Andrew's duo because it's only one variable. Oh, is that what you guys do? Yeah, we just do one. It's only me and him and it's like sure. I only have one person to worry about. Yeah, um, that seems chill. Because I've gotten to the point where I've, I've controlled it, but if you ever see me in a scene and someone walks on and I don't like what they did, the first, like, millisecond before I control my face, it's a visceral anger. I'm going to keep my lookout for it. Just call me out and be like, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, might try to snap a pic for you. Please do, because yeah. I want to see my visceral, angry face. Like, there are some faces I want to see. Um, yeah, you want to know what you look like in a yeah. moment. I yeah. get that. I want to see my cum face. Like, that's one face oh, I want to yeah? see. I've never well, seen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Harder to take a picture of that it's one. Just, yeah. <laughs> just have, some, like, some, a Bluetooth camera just ready for that. Yeah. There's those That's moments. That's a logistical that's, problem. Yeah, you never the, know. The other moments. people get to see them, and you don't get to see them. Exactly. And other people seem to put up with them. Yeah. And you're, but you you kind of want to know. I'm so... That's f- how, I feel the same way. I love to know what I look like during sex, too. Me, too. Just, like, just once. Just once. <laughs> yeah. Um, if it's possible in the future of, like, virtual reality to, like, have sex with yourself... I'll sign up. Me too. Me yeah. too. I want to see. I want to try it out. I want to see like how I fare against other people. Like, how do I treat myself? Yeah, I, you know, I want to do that too. Um, do I adjust well? Can I improvise well? Yeah. Do I have a game plan most of the time? Yeah, those are great questions. <laughs> um, we're winging it. Uh, so uh, the purpose of this show is to oh, ta- yeah. is to talk about. Do you think that people have a good backstory of you? Like, if they were to listen to the first fifteen <laughs> minutes, yeah. could they form like? Uh, I think people definitely have an opinion about me now. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what it is, but they uh, definitely. Well, you're a, a marketer who grew up in a small town, went to college, Accurate. decided to expand horizons, grew a little bit, uh, then took on comedy, got their MBA. Yeah. What, what happened in between college and MBA? Was there like a, a... Yeah, I started a different grad school program, actually, in social work. I thought I wanted to be a social worker and help people. And I still You wanna... don't give a fuck about helping people. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't care about helping people is what happened. No, <laughs> that's not exactly what happened. Uh, but social work is a lot of um, micro activities and resource um, pulling. And so it wasn't the high level of thinking about behavior that I was interested in. So I started a grad program here at Carolina. That's how I ended up here in Chapel Hill, actually. Oh. As I started the grad program here, I went to classes for like two and a half weeks. And then I quit. And then I had nothing to do. And then I started a business. I ran a small business for three years. And then I went to the MBA program. I just stayed here. So for you, you you realized it wasn't for you and you quit. 
Yeah, is, I'm a quitter. <laughs> I'm an advocate for quitting. Which is so which is so crazy because I so I don't know if you know who Gary Buchanik is, but he said he's a entrepreneur. Um he runs like Gary Medium and now he's like doing motivational stuff. Sure. And he says one of the things he says, quit early. Yeah. If you know something's as not soon as for possible, you, get out. Get out. Yeah. And is that something like how did you learn that? You were just like Well, I I've accidentally learned it because I've always been a quitter. Uh, as soon as I hate something, I quit it. I don't. I really try not to waste my time doing stuff that makes me happy. That's not always true, but like eighty five percent of the time. Like even playing games, like as a kid, like playing solitaire. If by like by the third card I didn't have a match, I'd quit the game and start a new round. I've always been a quitter. Um, but then when it comes to like life decisions, like quitting that grad school program, I've had a couple of jobs that I quit pretty quickly. Um, it's just paid off for me. Like I was miserable and then I quit and then I got to do something better. I got to change. I got to grow and I got to do it quickly instead of spending two years in a social work grad program. I already feel behind. <laughs> Which is because I wish I had paid attention to that, right? Because I got my math. I will. I ended up. I got my degree in accounting and mm-hmm. computer science, and then I went on to get my grad school in computer science, right? Mm-hmm. But like accounting, I stuck with it, mm-hmm. and now I realize that it wasn't admirable of me to stick with it because I'm not going to use any of the. I wish I had just been like this is not for me and like been out. Yeah, a lot of times I think we don't we. We're taught to not quit. We're taught to just stick with it, get through it. And we don't take a step back and say, what, when I get to the end of this, what am I going to have? And you also have to take into account, like, your your mood, right? So it was like, once I started computer science class, and I was like, oh, I actually like this. Now I was more motivated in everyday life, which for, like, on Mondays, I'd be sitting there like, I got to go to accounting. God yeah, damn it. And it would just drain me. Like, I'd be in a miserable mood all day. Yeah, obviously sometimes you have to do things you don't want, things you don't like, but long-term commitments to things that make you miserable, you got to get out. You got to you got to come up with a different plan. You just rose the divorce rate of every Yeah, get a divorce. Every get mistaker. a divorce. Honestly, there's no reason to stay in a relationship with someone you don't want to be in a relationship with. I don't know why people cheat. I don't know why people If you don't want to be in it, get out. The person that you're in a relationship with doesn't want to be in a relationship with you either if you're acting like an idiot. Exactly. They may be hurt at first, but they'd rather you be happy with someone else. Yeah. It's there's like give them the out. Don't it's the pain they're going to if you stay with them 10 years, the pain they're going to have is worse than if you leave after two. Very true. Very true. Well, I'm a proponent of non-marriage because you can just get out. You can get out very easily if you're not married. Mar- yeah. In theory. <laughs> Technically. Yeah. Some people that aren't married live like they're married. So all their assets are tied together. True. You share a home. You share the pe- the pets, the kids. Sometimes your lives without marriage is pretty messy to to separate. But you got to really step back and be like, "Am I, is sticking with this making the situation worse? And if it is, you got to get out. You got to get out. Is that like your life lesson? Yeah, for sure. I'll I'll give that my life. <laughs> Get out as soon as possible. So I stayed I stayed in a relationship for six years that really? I should have gotten out of uh, before it started. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about that. Like, are we, can we open we can, that door? We can talk about it a little bit. Okay. Uh, um. So what is that like? Like, because you, you said it was before you should even start it. So 
Yeah, so unfortunately, uh, there were some abusive tendencies in this relationship. Uh, he was just like a really mean person. Uh, and I stuck with it the whole time. I was like, I can figure this out. I can work with this. I'm committed to this. I don't know why. I don't know how in my head I became committed to it. Uh, but I was, and I thought, oh, once you're in it, you're in it. And it took six years to get out of it. Did you end up, like, just saying I'm done? Well, there was, like, a lot of little things. Um, my mom's very ill a lot, and um, I needed him. It just one day something clicked. I needed him to bring me something to the hospital, like a shirt or something, something really small. And he got mad, and he's like, I can't hold your hand during situations like this. And for some reason, it just clicked in my head, and I was like, it's been six years. Like, yeah, you are. That is what you're supposed to do. And just all of a sudden, I just was like, no, we're done. And he was like, okay. I don't know. It was really anticlimactic. It didn't make any sense. Um, I think we both were ready to be out of it. Like, we shouldn't have been in it for years and years, but we just were sticking with it because it's just easy to stick with stuff because you don't have to find new stuff. Yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to. It's hard work to stay in something that sucks, but it feels a lot harder to try to find new things to do. Well, you have to you have to be brave because, like, you don't know what else is out there. Yeah, and it's more like the devil you know than the one you don't. Exactly. It's that kind of thing. So you stick with stuff that maybe isn't good for you just because you're scared to look around. And let's be honest, dating in <laughs> today is it's tough out here. Yeah, dating's dumb. I don't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. it It's – I – don't like when older people complain about dating, to be honest. Because to me, it was so much easier. Do you realize how easier it was to date without cell phones? Well, where did they meet? Where did 30-year-old people meet 20 years ago? Like, at work or at school. Yeah, at work. You can't meet people at work now, though. <laughs> no, you That's cannot. a problem. You can't. And they can communicate with you at any time. Yeah. You got you to gotta set boundaries. I mean, obviously, I don't know how to date or be in a relationship, but I feel like <laughs> you got to be like, we're not going to text each other 24 hours a day. I think you just have to be like, I don't communicate with anyone that way. Why? It's, it doesn't even make sense that we would do that. It's rough because I think back in the day you could have a fight during like at night or in the morning. You could be like, all right, I have eight hours while at work to formulate. To think about c- it. To calm down. Yeah, you don't have to be so emotionally reactive. But here you got to, I mean, five minutes, you got to get back to that text. Especially if you have like a thing that says you've read it. Yeah, you can't read something and not respond. You got to think quickly. You got to be on your feet. That's where improv comes into play. Very true. Uh, You you get that preview too. Like I like to read the preview and like, all right, I got half the message. Yeah, you read that preview and you're like, I should not open it. (laughs) Don't open it. (laughs) I do not have time to open that message right Uh, now. There is a lot to undig there. (laughs) Um, So the people know you a little bit. They know about your relationship. They know that you get out of things very quickly. I do now. you do now. So let's talk about some mistakes that you made along the way. How you're like what? You're twenty. <laughs> I'm 29. I'm gonna be 30 uh, next month. I don't know what age it becomes when you can't like name a woman's age because I started that sentence and was like, Ugh, maybe no, I should. Swear. I, I hope I'm never ashamed to be how old I am. Okay. I'm. I maybe have a controversial opinion, but I can't wait to get older. I think growing old is cool. I heard it's very enjoyable for women. Like as when they get <laughs> like when they get 40. Like I heard like sex is so much better once oh. they turn 40. Oh yeah, maybe I'm in a hurry to get to 40. <laughs> like you're just like trying to skip some ages. 
Maybe. Uh, I hadn't thought about it. Yeah, I don't, I'm not scared to get older. I don't know. I've been saying that, but lately I've been thinking about turning 30 and it's starting to like affect me a little bit more than I thought it would. Uh, yeah, you can say how old you that, are. That 20, 29 and 11 months. 29 and 11 months. Oh, well, happy birthday soon. Yeah, thanks. That's been a whole thing with me and my therapist. Like, why I think 30 is so important. Like, why I've more. Why is it important? Uh, her and I are trying to figure it out. Because I had, oh, like, all know. these things I wanted to get accomplished. I think and, that's what it is. And she was like, why is that age so important? Yeah, that's fair. I feel it, though. It's like a big number. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, because you feel like you're supposed to be an adult. You're supposed to be, like, complete and proper adult. I think I've, like, resigned myself to never feeling that way. Really? You like, just, I like, feel pers- like for the rest of my life, no matter what's happening, I'm always going to be like, oh, what's happening? I don't know. I'm just figuring it out. Because hopefully there's always new things to be figuring out, right? Very true. Like, I think for me it's been more of, like, the more I – define this adult like what people tell me adult is the more i'm like that doesn't sound fun like so i'm just gonna be my own uh, version of what an adult is yeah why not i mean as long as you're safe and you're like you've got the things you need and you want who cares good like i yeah i've stopped caring what the The societal version of adult is i'm like that's boring as hell like yeah i don't want to be bored (laughs) yeah i can't be uh so let's talk about some of these mistakes that you've made along the way and I I think for you, and I'm, by the way, this is our second time doing this. Yeah, I'll, we've done this before. I don't remember what mistakes <laughs> I said the first time. But I, I did because I would repeat them now. <laughs> but, uh, no, I want to thank you because, uh, to get off tangent a little bit. Go because when I was first doing this, I wasn't sure of, like, the podcast and if I was actually going to do it. Mm-hmm. So you were, like, one of 20 people that I recorded an episode and was like, ah, I don't think, I don't like my voice. I'm not going to release it. So now That's we're. Silly. You have a great voice. Thank you. I appreciate that. You see, I made it deeper as soon as you said that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we're at Jody M- and McNeil, too. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that you did touch on is that you don't call them mistakes. You, like, learn from them. Oh. So they're not necessarily mistakes. What a wise thing that I said in the past. <laughs> you said it, a, you said it a, a little over a year ago today. Huh. So. Yeah, well. Most of the mistakes people make, right, aren't really mistakes. I'll, I don't remember what I said a year ago, uh, but I totally agree with that. I you think changed the, the format of the podcast because of it. Really? Because I added mishaps and missteps. I feel so important. You changed the whole trajectory wow. of this. That's incredible. I feel pat on the back to me. Yeah, mistakes. Like, mistakes are things that, like... You really can't control and you don't have, you know, mistakes happen, you know, but it's like when you're trying to write something and you your pen slips. Like, that's a mistake. It's yeah. not something to, like, stress about. Like, choices you make that you want to make differently, you want to grow from, you want to learn from. I think that's, I think it's a better, f- you can reframe anything to be more positive for you. Positive psychology is a whole, um, it's a whole department that you could spend a year learning about if you Did want. Did you know if you sit up and... You actually said this on the last podcast. Oh. So <laughs> yeah, go for it. <laughs> if you uh, sit up and uh, put yourself in a certain position, within like five minutes, you'll start to be happier that's or something ex- like that. Yeah, that's it. That's the gist of it for sure. Yeah, if you do a power pose, um, the that's stress levels in your body will decrease and your confidence hormones will increase, uh, to put it in layman's terms. And so power pose, like hands on hips, like Superman pose, or just sitting with your back straight or putting your hands behind your head. 
Um, it only takes five minutes for your body to chemically start changing to increase your mood. Yeah. And the same as the reverse, if you slump over or if you lay down, the opposite actually happens. So you can change how you're feeling just by changing the position in your body, if you're willing to wait five minutes. <laughs> do you do this before like an interview, just standing out in the hallway with your hands on your hips? It's good practice. It really is. I Sometimes I forget and sometimes I'm like doing it in the elevator and I'm like, this is important. I have to do it. I have to do it. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, everyone should do it. You can watch. There's a whole TED Talk on it. So you can watch a whole hour of... Um, Power poses? Yeah, I can't remember what her name is off the top of my head. Maybe I'll look it up for you. No worries. I'll keep the people entertained with the sound of my voice. Um, I'm actually taking voice lessons, so... I can um, woo people. I want to be one of those people on the radio that you just hear their voice and, like, ladies get a little wet. <laughs> uh, <Ooh>. <laughs> what a goal to have. Oh, my God. Um, well, that's because... My internet's being slow, but it's loading. Power Poses TED Talk. If you just Google Power Poses TED Talk. Uh, her name's Amy Cuddy. That's what it is. Amy Cuddy. It didn't come up. I remembered it because uh, I'm smart eventually. Amy Cuddy, you Amy can look Cuddy. up her okay. TED Talk. She has a book, too. Um, Power Poses? That's not what it's called. <laughs> uh, but that's in the book. Um, Is it about confidence? It's about, yeah, all the different, like, chemical changes in your body and, like, tiny changes you can make that will affect your whole day, your whole life, if you let it. So I want to get into, like, your mind state when you're – because when you're starting your own business, you're on a rocky ground. Like, it's not – it's not stable. You, you have Start. to just go for it. Yeah. Can you talk about your mindset and how you're keeping yourself going with the day-to-day? -day? Yeah. Starting a business is hard. This is the second time I've run a business. Um, I ran a business for three years in between undergrad and grad school. And then technically I run my own consulting business now. But it's just me. So it's a little less. I don't have employees or anything. I can, I'm just trying to manage myself, which is hard enough to <laughs> do, to be honest. I'm a difficult employee. Uh, but you it's, give HR hell? <laughs> yeah, I give HR a lot of hell, personally. Uh, she there's checks a herself lot, out. There's a lot of paperwork. She's had to report I never, herself. I'm never on time. <laughs> um, starting a business is hard. I think if I were going to give people advice about starting a business, it would be to think about it for longer than you think you want to think about it. So go ahead and just... Do the work ahead of time. Do all the pre-work. Do all the thinking exercises. Get a book of worksheets. They feel dumb. They feel like you're in school. They feel like you don't want to waste your time just filling in worksheets. But it's so worth it. If you can think out an actual business plan and figure out how you're going to make money and what you need to do to make that money, it makes all the difference. So let's talk. What was the first business you started? So I ran a income tax preparation franchise. Okay. For three years. How did that go? I hated every second of it. Because, well, I loved, maybe not every second of it. I loved running a business. I loved having employees. I loved knowing that what I was doing was creating jobs for them to feed their families. That's how I felt like I was helping people. Like, I just left social work, and I was like, I'm a how can you leave a career helping people, like, and not feel like a horrible person to be like, I'm not going to help people. Uh, so then when I started having employees and stuff and I, I started realizing, oh, we, this is a way I can also help people if I can create opportunities by what I'm doing that makes other people's lives better. Um, 
So I liked that about the business. But income tax preparation franchises like H&R Block or Liberty Tax or those kinds of things, most of them are extremely overpriced and they take advantage of lower income families that can't file their own taxes because they don't have access to the information to do it. But they're often getting high refunds because they have, um, they're getting credits for their children or for this kind of job that they have or whatever. And so then they charge them really high fees because they're getting really high refunds. And it's not, it's not in line with my personal values. Uh, but the contract was three years, so I did it for three years. Oh, so you like actually franchised out from one of these Correct. companies? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, definitely. And you were like a, a not a loan shark, but you were like. <laughs> No, well, so interestingly enough, uh, the one that I had was here in Chapel Hill. And most of those um, franchises, they thrive in lower-income towns and areas. And so Chapel Hill was a really weird place to put one um, because the population that uses those kinds of services just isn't around here. So I ended up actually having to learn how to do um, self-employment taxes and small business taxes and CPA-level stuff. Um, okay. I had to learn. I had to tweak my business to suit the area that I was in, which was something that I really enjoyed, and that's how what I used to leverage myself into business school was talking about all the changes I had to make to the plan. Because you get a franchise because it's supposed to be cookie cutter. They say do this, this, and this, and you're going to be successful. And for the most part, that works. But I put it. I put a business met for lower income single moms into the middle of Chapel Hill, North Carolina. And those people weren't there. So I had to tweak the business a lot to even break even. Well, congratulations. And then you went to... <laughs> and then I went to, yeah, business school. You went to business school. Um, were you nervous when you realized you had to make some changes? Because I feel like that's how life is. Like, you have everything planned out. And then like Mike Tyson says, everybody got... Uh, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah. So you got punched in the face by... Chapel Hill. Yeah, a lot of it, I mean, if I had done my research ahead of time, if I had known what I was looking for, but I was like 22 at the time, like really young. I mean, it was just a fluke that I even had the opportunity to do that and learn that in the first place. But definitely I would make different decisions now about what kind of business and where I put it. Um, what was the question? Oh, it was just talking about you got punched in the face oh, by yeah. your plan. Yeah, definitely got punched in the face and it's depressing like it's it hurts when you have a plan and then you got to come up with a new plan like I wouldn't say I was nervous I was depressed I was like I thought this was going to be this way and now it's this way and initially trying to figure out what to do next was a real challenge so how did you do that like because you're sad but this has to work so what did you do well, like did you like pump yourself up every morning do your power pose Walking in the HR and R block or uh, whatever block. I wish I don't about power poses. That that's <laughs> definitely a thing I've learned since then. Um, well, because it's your life. I mean, when you run a business like that, you're all in. You don't. You can't pay your bills if it's not working. You have to figure it out. I mean, you definitely get depressed, but it's also the way you're depressed, like a dog on the street. Like you have to figure it out to survive. Um, and then once you start solving problems, and because I'm a problem solver and a puzzle maker, once I started actually figuring it out, then I was started to become invigorated. Like once I started taking the steps towards changing it, then it was it became a new exciting opportunity. 
So one of the things you mentioned is that you had to do it. Like you were in a three-year contract. There was no way out, right? That's right. Um, do you think you benefited from there being no way out? Or would you always leave yourself like a little door to walk out of? Well, that's a great question, right? Because earlier we were talking about how I'm a quitter, how I quit things as soon as I know they're not right for me. Um, well, certainly there's a benefit to sticking with something for long, just sticking with something. There's value in that. I think you have to have a balance between things you quit and things you stick with. I definitely learned a lot in those three years, and it definitely is the reason I got into business school. Um, I hate on it a lot because I didn't enjoy those three years of my life, uh, but it definitely propelled me forward into the future and to become the person I am now. So I can't hate on it too much, right? Very true. Well, true, true. Um, and now you do consulting. You're That's right. What is consulting? I always feel like that's what people say when they're like, when they're running a drug business <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, well, oh, I'm a consult or so I'm you in can, finance. You can consult people <laughs> on just about anything. Okay. So I do behavioral economic consulting and okay. market research consulting. So if people, if a business is trying to figure out what kind of features they need to put in their new app that's targeted at a specific kind of person. I'll go research that person, find out who they are, what other apps they use, what kind of things they like, and just develop a profile of them as a person. A stalker? Yeah, it, it's kind <laughs> of like a corporate stalker. Okay. <laughs> Except that I get all, of, I get permission. Okay. <laughs> I'm not secretly following or understanding anybody. Or I'll go and I'll read behavior research about power poses or other things like that. Um, I'll be like, how can we take what we know about body posture and apply it to this chair you're trying to make? Uh, so I consult people on where they can find academic sources um, to support their projects or how they can design research to better understand the person that they're trying to understand. So you ran one business and you were like, oh, this is, you like the running a business, right. but you didn't like the, the business. The business. That's right. But you were, you but that didn't stop you from starting a second business. No, it definitely didn't. Um, I think people that like to, I'm fiercely independent. Like I, I don't do improv because I'm not a team player. Um, I think it's just in my spirit to run a business and be on my own. Both of my parents uh, were self-employed when I was growing up. So I think it might also just be part of my upbringing. Like it's just part of the culture of who I am. Um, being self-employed is really cool. You can take off Tuesday if you need to take off Tuesday. Um, but also, if you take off every Tuesday, you know, you're kind of in a shitty situation. <laughs> so, like, there, there's a balance between figuring out what you can and can't do and managing your own expectations for your work life. But the opportunity for balance is, I mean, it's through the roof. Let me be very clear. Be very clear. Um, you're an entrepreneur and you're a hard worker, which means that one day you're going to be very successful <laughs> and probably have a lot of money one day. Oh, I hope so. It's Just, not today, I'll tell you that, but I do hope so. <laughs> Justin McNeil is a gold digger. Oh, so if oh I, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> if like 15 years from now I hit you up after you've made your money, know that my intentions are not pure Yeah. no matter how okay. much sweet talk I do. Sure. I'm letting you know that now. Now, okay. I'll I'll be prepared for when I have money for you to come try to Oh, I'm going to compliment you all the time. <laughs> I'm going to have read all your books. Yeah. You know, as long as you buy the book, I don't mind. I'll take the compliment. Okay, okay. I'm just going to let you know. Uh, there is gold digging in your future. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with it. Okay. Because that means I'm successful, right? You have put all that work in and you won't 
people. I that, will have earned the gold diggers. Okay. Right? <laughs> We're going to come in waves. Poor people don't have gold diggers. I just want to let you know I'm first in line. I've, oh. Uh, I well, do you have other I gold? think that's up to me, right? <laughs> but like, I'm saying, like, in the gold digger line, like, oh. of, like, the people who are signing up to be You're gold diggers. You're the first person, certainly, that signed up. <laughs> yes. I feel like later when I have money and I'm, like, rifling through the gold diggers, and I'm like, who should I hang out with today i feel like i'll do like a lottery like a i might lottery? not i might not go in order what like just just spitballing here <laughs> i haven't really thought out how to get through all the gold diggers but i am thinking it'll be random it'll be <sighs> to just to avoid giving advantage to people that met me first you know that's fair. like it's not fair to someone i'm gonna meet next year or at my show tonight <sighs> That's fair. But that's, you can you can be on the list. See, and that's you're and that's what's gonna make you a great business person because you're <laughs> fair. Uh yeah. I'm <sighs> fair. <sighs> fair enough. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, my application is gonna be very detailed. Oh. Like I hope that'll get me a little bit I should make an actual application. You should, like, cause they're coming. They're gonna come and you wanna select the best of the best gold diggers. Yeah. Um. They're good. They're they're got gold diggers who aren't very good. Like they're just gonna. What makes a what makes a good gold digger versus a bad one? Uh, one that knows his role as a gold digger. Oh. Who who boosts you up on your next uh your next mission? Like let's say you get a Kevin Federline, right? Uh-huh. He just spends all the money and it embarrasses you and messes up the money. That's a bad gold digger. That's a bad gold digger. All right. But one who boosts you up. Dresses up in suits at all your events. Is always supportive. Sure, like a hype man. Exactly. Uh, every speech begins with, you know what? I love my wife. <laughs> <laughs> and then I <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it doesn't sound bad. <laughs> Thank you. I've, I've been practicing this. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> Not for you specifically. Oh, in general. <laughs> just, <laughs> you're just practicing to be a gold digger to uh, any rich woman you can I, find. <laughs> Whatever you, you heard do. it here, guys. You heard it here on the radio. Justin McNeil. Um, I cook Gold very digger. well. You cook very well. <laughs> You're still pitching it. <laughs> I'm not going to stop. What do you cook? Uh, whatever you need. Like I will, Whatever I need. Because what I'm saying is if I don't have the skills to cook your oh, favorite you'll learn dish, it. I'll, go get, I'll go learn it. Wow. This is a pitch. Um, just letting you know. All right. Well, I'm not... I have no money right now, so you're pitching way too early. Fair enough. Fair enough. Just know I did. Okay. Um, I got it. You're okay. So you're a business person. Uh, you started your second business, which it's going well. Are you enjoying your like doing it again? Yeah, I. I'm getting to use my mind to solve problems and research the things I want to do to solve problems uh, for people. Uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. It's a much better experience this time. So with that comes uh, the ups and downs. So how do you deal with the downs? Because you get stuff done. Yeah, for the most part, I get stuff done. Uh, The downs are hard. I mean, because I do contract work. So sometimes I don't have a contract, and I'm looking for the next contract. And that's that's definitely the hardest part is not lining up my work right. Or like being in the middle of a contract, not wanting to take on another one because it would be too much. But knowing I need it when the other one runs out, it's like a tricky balance of when to take on the right amount of work. And I deal with it probably not effectively. I probably <laughs> uh, that's definitely something I'm working on is getting better at that. I mean, I think I just when I'm stressed, I kind of focus on hobbies. So I do a half an hour comedy, which is definitely like a gut reaction to be like, oh, I'm stressed about this other thing. Maybe I'll just focus on this thing I can control, which is my hobby. So, so 
with things you can't control, you like to go find something that is a little bit more in your grasp. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, some things you just can't control. Uh, but oftentimes, those are the things we worry about the most. We waste a lot of our time and energy and feelings and emotions on things we can't do anything about. Uh, and my the way I reframe that in my head is to pick something I can control and focus on that. I? I'm not great at it, but I do try. But that's the thing. Like you're you're always improving. You're always trying. I'm trying. Uh, one thing I will tell you is that you get in my head with your marketing. Oh yeah. Yeah, like because I'll watch your Instagram stories, and the thing is, I know when your show is tonight. Yeah, I, I knew well, you had. A show. <laughs> I've aggressively, and I'm very sorry to anyone who follows me on Instagram. <laughs> I've aggressively promoted this show. And I am sorry about it. It is, as a marketer, I know it's too much. But I'm really excited about it. So but, I did it anyway. But the thing is, like, if of all the shows happening tonight, yours is the only one I can name is sure. happening tonight. Sure. I appreciate it. So, like, that's good marketing. I think I've told you that before. You like, have, yeah. I even, man, we had coffee. We, we had a meeting, I, yeah. You wanted advice from me for exactly. marketing. Yeah. Did did it pay off? Did you use any of my advice? I did, actually. I actually had a... I think it's going well. I got a lot more listeners on the show. Cool. We, we should have coffee again and get more advice from you. Like, now that I'm not, like, at baby step anymore, yeah. like, I'm at level 1A. You need additional information? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, why not? I'll take a coffee. I have you on record saying... <laughs> <laughs> saying, sure, why not? Sure, why not? Sure, why not? Sure. And, um... I'll leave my gold digging applications behind. Sure. I won't bring it up. Thank you. Uh, now we're to the part of oh. the podcast, which maybe you remember, maybe you don't. I'm hoping you don't. Uh, it's called motivational speech. Okay. We may have had music back then. We may not even have had a motivational speech back then. Okay. I don't, it's not ringing a bell. Okay. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was uh, over a year ago. Yeah. Um, so what I'm going to do mm-hmm. is we want the people to be motivated. Okay. So whatever Jody thinks that people need to hear, mm-hmm. um, I want you to give a motivational speech, a TED talk, if you will. Okay. Uh, so when the music starts. How long? Um, as long as you feel necessary. Oh, the, so when I'm done talking, I can be done. Well, the music is an hour and a half, uh, sorry, <laughs> a minute and a half long. Oh, okay. But if you talk to you see fit, there, there are people in the audience of the TED Talk hanging on your every word, basically. Oh, okay. Um. All right. All right. I'm here to motivate you. I think if you're happy and satisfied with your life, You should keep doing the things you're doing. Good job. It's working for you. If you're sad or you're miserable or you're annoyed at something, just think about it. Is there something you can control? Is there something that you can control right now that you could change the situation? If it's out of your control, what can you let go of? What can you just forget about? If you're in a terrible situation, quit. Just quit now. Don't even... Stop listening to this. Just turn the radio off right now and go quit. Whatever the thing is that you need to quit right now. All of you need to quit something. I don't know what it is. Is it smoking? Is it your job? If you need to quit it, I'm going to go ahead and advocate for you to quit it right now. I think also that you should try to find more fun things to do in your life. You should get a hobby. You should come to a comedy show. You should paint something, draw something, write something. Um, If you're not happy in this 
modern world here in the shallow. Just make something, create something. Get in touch with your body and the world and I think you're gonna feel better. Or you can just stand up in a power pose because it really will for five minutes change the chemistry of your body and you'll be good to go. That's all for me. Thank you. Somebody just dumped. Like as soon as they listen to this, they just dump their significant other. Oh, I hope they did. <laughs> They're going to blame it on the Humor and Mistakes podcast. Uh, they, they can dump their significant other and then they can come to my show tonight and buy me a drink. They should. They should. Uh, I've been hanging out with my niece too much because oh, you yeah. started off with if you're happy. And then I was like, and you know, it's like your hands. That's funny. Um, so pitch your show. P- tell them. Yeah. So tonight me and Aaron Cardwell are doing a show at 930 at the pit in Chapel Hill. It's called the new headliner show. And what that means is we both for the first time are going to do half an hour of stand up comedy material. Uh, we've been working. We've both been doing comedy about three and a half years. The way it works is you kind of build up it, you build up material five minutes at a time. It actually takes a while to get a really solid half an hour worth of material, and we've both been working really hard. Uh, we've also been just laughing a lot. We think each other is hilarious. Probably <laughs> we're each other's biggest fans. I think the show is going to go well. We're going to have a good time because um, we're having a good time. If you come to the show, you'll be having a good time. There you go. Have a good time with Jody Oakley. By the way. Um, I want to apologize to you. Uh, oh, I was yeah? looking, I was searching for your name to send you a message today, and I spelled your name with the I. Oh wow, that's I, that's actually like one of the things that hurts my feelings the most. Really? Yeah, I hate it. Uh, well, I don't know why I thought it was spelled with an I. Some people do that. Uh, what hates what makes me the most crazy is when people send me an email and they put my name wrong. They'll say, "Hey Jody," and they'll spell it with an I. Because my email is my name. So, like, they had to type it right <laughs> in my email. Otherwise, I wouldn't have gotten it. So, I know that they know how to spell it. I'm glad. I'm mad about it. I'm, Why, glad, I'm you glad you brought it up because I'm angry now. <laughs> I'm glad you don't work at IBM. Then. <laughs> or you don't work on my team. Yeah. Because they're – so, I'm, I'm a very chill person, right? So, I'm like – I'm one of those people that it, I think if you can ignore it and it's not that big of a deal, just ignore it. So, there are, like, things that I know my – one of my teammates hates, like she hates being CC'd on an email that doesn't pertain to her, right? Good for her. And she I'm, sounds smart. I'm one of these people that's like, then just delete it. Like, just all you have to do is push the X, yeah. and it takes mm. like, mm. it takes five seconds mm. for you to send out an angry email about it. Oh, I wouldn't send an email about oh, it. Oh, she sends out angry emails. So now I know her thing. Oh, you do it on purpose. Sometimes I'm like, if that's going to, if we've been having like a mm. uh, an argument, like, you know, like those arguments you have that are, what is it called? Passive-aggressive arguments? Uh-huh. That's my little stick at her. <laughs> yeah, I totally get it. No, I've never corrected anyone when they spelled my name wrong. I just take it. But I do but, internally rage about it. See, my thing is, like, you can't let people, if that's going to get, well, not, you don't let people know, but, like, people will let them know. I'm like, yeah. you just let everybody know your weakness. Yeah, that's Like, true. a little weakness that can be like, oh, it's my bad. It's tiny, yeah, it's a tiny My bad. Thing. Ooh, I spelled your name wrong. My bad. Now I just irked you, and yeah, I know it, you that's know? that's true. You're right. You're totally right. You shouldn't let you shouldn't show weakness, you, huh? Well, you can't show. <laughs> you have to show weakness. You, you have to be show, human. You can't show weakness on little things mm. like that to me. Ah, uh, sure. Uh, mistakers. That's my little advice. mistakers. Little mistakers. 
Uh, to put you on the spot, because I've, um, I've been asking a lot of people. On the spot. I've been told that Little Mistakers is not a good name, so I'm always polling. Oh, you, you want a new name? I'm, well, I'm always saying if, if it's not a good name, come up with a better one. So Yeah, I feel neutral about it, Okay, Little Mistakers. You're a marketer. I'm like, could that be one day get me in trouble? In trouble? Or oh, like, like an, as a marketing thing? I mean... What a, you need to know what your audience thinks about it because uh, they're the ones that you're calling them. Very true. So we need to figure out how to pull your audience and be uh, like, do you like being called little mistakers or what do you want to be called? This is why we need to have coffee. The again. McNeelys. The McNeelys. Okay. This is why we need to have coffee because I did not think about polling them. Yeah. Well, you can't. We can have all the good or bad ideas we want. It only matters what they think. I'm so, looking out for you guys. Thank you. Thank you. She's looking out for you, little mistakers, and we don't know if that's going to be your little name mistakers? In the future. Question mark? <laughs> Question mark? <laughs> uh, so, what is the last sentence you want to leave the people with? Like one life lesson or one sentence that they need to hear to get through their week. This is this is make or break because if it's a bad sentence, people are going to have a terrible week for the week of mm. March twenty fourth through seven days plus. Mm. I think I'm just going to say, chill out. And that was Humor and Mistakes with Jody with the Y Oakley uh, here on 103.5 FM. Remember, everybody makes mistakes, but it's okay. Have a great week. I think I skipped the sentence that I normally say in there. We're winging it today, um, but I've enjoyed your company. Have a great week and good day or good night whenever you're listening.